Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So unfortunately, we do have to race through this, Chewie, because it basketball. doesn't seem fair, does it? No, well, and congratulations to the Perth Scorchers, their first WBBL title ever. It was quite a good match here at Optus, wasn't it? It was. In it? the scorching heat, it was yeah. appropriately titled. It was about 38 degrees here. And we have to also mention, obviously, congratulations to the Adelaide Strikers for not just a great final series, but a really great season for them as well. Oh, Amanda Jade Wellington is my new favourite leg spinner in Australia. Mm. It, she is great to watch. The way she flights the ball, her variations, and she's, oh, that spell she had, the best spell in WBBL history where she picked up a fifer. I love watching her play. Yeah, so absolutely hats off to the strikers as well, definitely. Well, that seems like a perfect way to start, really. I mean, so the, the first one, the eliminator, <laughs> I can't say it with a straight No, I know, I, I know. Can't. You just think of Mike Whitney and challenger already. Eliminator already. already. <laughs> so the Brisbane Heat, eight for 114, defeated by the Adelaide Strikers, two for 118 with 21 balls to spare. It wasn't even that close. Really, as you mentioned, Amanda Jade Wellens, and she was absolutely the big difference in this game. She bowled four straight overs from the seventh over of the match on, absolutely ripped the heart out of Brisbane's top order and their middle order. Oh, really. find the footage. It is so good to watch. Some beautiful textbook leg spin bowling. So two wickets in her first over, one in her second, and she very nearly had a second. Two in her third, and then a maiden to finish it off. Four overs, one maiden, five for eight. Oh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And after all of that, it left the heat at seven for 54 off 13 overs. So they're absolutely floundering. Yeah, and you're yeah. looking at it thinking they're going to be struggling to make 80 the way they're going. In terms of the actual viewing experience, it was thankful that Nicola Hancock came in at number nine and smashed 40 off 26. Otherwise, it would have been even more lackluster. Yeah, the, the score they made was quite incredible given the way it started. Yeah. yeah. And it, look, it was a controlled chase by the strikers. There were a couple of chances early on in terms of balls just going over the top of like a mid-on's head. But yeah, they just bowled too much back of a length from the quicks and they were just putting them away through mid-wicket or they'd over-pitch and get smashed through cover. And then for the spinners, a lot of stuff right in the slot that was just getting dispatched straight back over their heads. So Katie Mack, sensational again, one of the players of the tournament, 50 or 42 for her. And very handy. That was that. That was that. Challenger, ready. Well, the Melbourne Renegades certainly weren't. <laughs> Eight for 83 off their 20 overs. Yeah. So yeah. at this stage, you're starting to think, oh, God, these finals, they're not yeah, really shaky. going that yeah, well. Yeah. So the strikers managed to chase that down one for 86 with 55 balls to spare. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. Basically smashing. half an innings, yeah. Yeah. And the Renegades looked brilliant all season. They had the player of the tournament in Harman Preet Kaur. She was woeful in the final. Seven off 15, bowled one over for seven runs. Just didn't really have that same impact. I mean... It's the wrong time to pick a bad game. It really was. It really was. And the whole theme for this game was really just set up by the absolute first ball of the match. Oh, Megan should take a bow. That was absolutely phenomenal. There's been so many good deliveries this WBBL. That was spectacular. As good as any. I've seen her move the ball a bit, but that ball has come back probably three or four beautiful. stumps. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Straight through Castle So, yeah, Josephine Dooley, first ball of the match. It was just wicket after wicket after wicket from there on. Darcy Brown and Sarah Coit, they applied so much pressure. And Wellington, economical again. And basically, it just led to poor shots. It's scoreboard pressure. You start Regular seeing, wickets. Yeah, you start yeah. seeing, oh, God, our run rate sitting at three or four and over. We need to be up around six or seven. And yeah, what happens? Terrible shot after terrible shot. There was even a diamond duck. Courtney Webb, unfortunately, uh, uh. copped one of those at the non-strikers end where it's just flicked off the hand and knocked the bales off. 
And yeah, just like the Eliminator, had it not been for a late flurry of sorts, Melbourne probably wouldn't have got close to 83. Yeah. It was looking like they were going to struggle to make 65. Thankfully, the final was a bit better, wasn't it? It, it was, yeah. So the Perth Scorchers, 5 for 146, defeat the Adelaide Strikers, 6 for 134. Look, you can't blame the Strikers for going back to the well and bowling first. I actually said last week when we recorded that I think the right thing to do for Perth is force them to bat first, try and take early wickets, put the pressure on, and then see what you can do. And at risk of wheeling out the adage that I often do, runs on the board in a final, pretty important. Well, yeah, you could argue that 146 in a final is almost the equivalent of a 165, 170. It's a decent score to defend. But the thing is, as I said, you really need early wickets. And unfortunately... Okay, the first wicket fell with, I think it was 7.5 overs down, but in a T20, that's still fairly late in the innings for the first one. And even though there were still kind of regular wickets from there, it just seemed like everyone who came in played these little cameos. Chloe Paparo came in with a 14 off 10. There was a 14 off 5 from Alana King towards the end. Marazan Cap, who has to be mentioned, was bedridden for three days leading up to this final. They did not even think that she would play. Mm. And she dragged herself out and put on this really, really great back-end cameo. She bowled out of her skin. You kind of feel for her, feeling like shit, and then has to bowl to her wife. Yes. What a story, hey. So I actually was driving to the pub in the pre-match, and I heard them talking about it on ABC. And apparently she dismissed her twice this season already. So, Mm. yeah, fantastic story, though. So traditionally they've been a package deal, but they came out and said, no, no, we're not a package deal. We don't mind playing each other. We actually kind of like playing each other. So for people that maybe haven't heard, so Dana Van Nykirk, and I apologise, I've been calling her Dane for the entire tournament so far, but it is Dana Van Nykirk. So she's come in at the top with Katie Mack. And one of the things that we talked about when we were recording on this last week was talking about the intent at the top of the innings. And then when you're playing against this team that the, that the Scorchers have been, you have to have intent at the top of the order. And Van Nykirk and Mack, both with strike rates over 110 for the entire tournament, were both out for 6 off 13. And it led to the lowest power play score that the Strikers have had in the entire tournament. Oh, that sounds familiar. Lowest power play score in a final, T20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Two similar for- fate, of course, too, to the New Zealand. Very similar. Yeah. yeah two yeah. for 16 off their six overs, which is, I mean, it's abysmal in any It is. It's very hard levels. to win from there. Very hard. So, yeah, it was an amazing all-round performance. The the bowlers, as I said, Marazan Cap, her second over, well, her first over went for two, and her second over was a maiden. So, obviously, a really, really great start. It even allowed for a couple of those big overs. I think Sophie Devine went for 11 off her first over, and there was a 17 in there. But the run rate never really dropped below a point where you felt comfortable. And, and as a Scorchers fan, I never worried. And I always worry. In there was runs. that moment, that weird run out where, um, oh, now who was it got in front of the ball? She should have got behind the stumps. And yes. I can't remember who it was. But yeah, I think that might have been Lisa Griffith. Okay. She uh, put the hand up in front of the ball to stop it from ricocheting. and It would have hit the stumps. It would have been a run out. Yeah. But no, look, a superb performance and a, a really, really great match worthy of a final even though it never really felt like Adelaide were going to get on top. It just, yeah, it, it was enjoyable enough. There was enough action, enough boundaries. I thought it was a good final, a lot, yeah. A lot of big yeah. hitting. And sometimes these finals can be pretty anticlimactic. So yeah, great effort by the WBBL. It just seems just like the AFLW, just like so many other things out there, the quality of this game. Exponential. Every single season, we're yep. seeing bigger hits. We're seeing higher scores. We're seeing reverse sweeps. Some yeah. of the square cuts that Divine was hitting. My God, it's it's beautiful. Great. And speaking of Divine, the first captain from overseas to actually hoist the the trophy as a captain. There so you go. Yes, it's yeah. We're we're starting to see 
obviously just this amazing influx of overseas players really becoming incredibly important. And yeah, I just think the, the game is in a great spot. Oh, it certainly is. I'll give you a quick stat on her opening partner, Beth Mooney. So versus the Strikers, she has 764 runs at an average of 95.5 with a strike rate of 135. To put it in perspective, no other player has scored more than 600 versus a single WBBL team. So that's 164 runs more than any other player. So Pretty handy player. Very, very <laughs> handy. Now, just quickly, as we suspected, Pat Cummins has been named captain of the Australian Test Team. As I mentioned at the top, unfortunately, it looks like Perth won't get an Ashes match, which is a bit of a disappointment. And then finally, Alex Kerry coming in with the clubs, as we also kind of speculated. Not all that surprising, really. Just quickly on the Perth one, once it gets stripped from us, where do you reckon it should go? Uh, good question. I'm, I'm in two minds. Part of me would love to see Tassie get it. Oh, I'd love to see it at Bell Reef. But the other part of me kind of agrees with Warney. Look, Melbourne has gone through a hell of a lot in the last 18 months. It would be nice if they got two. His idea of a day-nighter, I'm not overly opposed to. I think the series will be done by the fifth test anyway. I think Australia would have already won by then. So maybe argue, a bit overconfident. I don't know. But, but, uh, I would argue that Hobart's gone through hell for a lot longer than Melbourne has. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd be, I'd have no problem with it being at Bell Reef. I think Bell Reef, that's, that's yeah. where I'd like to see it. Yeah. But look, if it's a day-nighter at the MCG, I'm okay with that. And finally, I guess we made our jokes about Tim Payne, but he has had to step away for mental health issues. I think he's not even going to be playing in the Shield for Tassie for a while. So our thoughts are with him. And look, good to see the Barmy Army. <laughs> I was just about to getting, say that. Yeah. On, getting onto Twitter and wishing Absolutely. him well. Because as much as obviously the ashes means everything, you still don't want to see a player's mental health. Struggle. That's right. And we, you know, we'll joke and we'll jest, but once it gets to a certain level, we'll peg it back yeah. a little bit. And the same way as you see Stokesy get hit on the arm today, as an Aussie, you think, oh, oh it'd be good if he didn't play, but then you think, nah, no, it's actually, you don't wish injury. It's, it's actually better if he does yeah, play. It's you don't wish injury. It'd be a anyway. much better spectacle. Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes.